0: You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. christian babcock the host of the hunters advantage podcast and what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts all in all i just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high quality knowledge and information that you can trust stay tuned What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. So I was sitting in the stand this weekend, actually uh, October 1st in Oklahoma, and I was just thinking, you know, the podcast, I want to do something different with the podcast. And throughout the hunting season, I feel like we have so much time to consume podcasts when we're driving, hunting, or sitting in the stand even. For some people, I don't do that. Uh, My buddy Hunter Williamson actually watches videos on his tablet in the tree stand. I can't believe that guy. I hope he listens to this episode. But I thought of a new series that I wanted to release on this podcast called Hunt Talk. And basically what I want to do is every Monday after a long weekend or a long week of hunting, I want to release an episode talking about what happened that weekend. It's not going to be something super long, maybe 20, 30 minutes, but I wanted to communicate to the audience what's going on and give you guys real-time updates on uh, our hunting season. Instead of waiting towards the end of the year when we release our uh, season two of Quest, I can actually just communicate with you guys this way. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating or review so we can reach more people and definitely check uh, the podcast often to see the new Hunt Talk series. Um, So anyways, uh, expectations for opening weekend were pretty high. We were down in southeast Oklahoma. If you guys saw a quest season one on YouTube last year, uh, we had a great year on public land. actually shot four bucks off of public in southeast Oklahoma off a single piece. So I had really high expectations. We spent, if, or actually, if you guys want to see any of those videos uh, off those public land bucks, check out uh, our quest series on YouTube. We actually have like 2,000 subscribers on YouTube now and growing. So ch- subscribe to that if you want to see the video version of what I'm actually talking about now. Uh, but anyways, back to opening weekend. So we had spent, and we, I mean, me and Jake Gaylord had spent three weekends down in southwest Oklahoma, one in July and two in September running trail cameras. And we are actually trail cam nuts on public. Like We had 24 trail cams out before the season if that gives you uh, some good insight into how seriously we take the trail cam game, really just because I think about the law of averages, the more cameras that we have out the better in, in my mind, at least the more opportunities you have to find a potential state record buck to find something that is just incredible, something with trash or drop tines or uh, an amazing, typical uh, racked buck, just anything out of the ordinary. I like having more, opportunities. So we run the wild game innovation cameras. We have they're about 40 bucks a piece and we run 24 of them. So we have quite a few dollars sitting in the uh sitting in the woods anywhere from July to September to the end of deer season. So if you guys run across any of those in Southeast Oklahoma public, please don't take them. They're black and uh a sort of a mixed uh camo. So don't touch them if you guys see them. Yeah I appreciate that. But anyways, so we had high expectations because we had so many uh, trail cams out. We had had so much previous success the, the year previously, and it this opening weekend was primed up to be an awesome one. We had plenty of big bucks, you know, anywhere from 120 to probably low 150s range. Didn't actually have anything extraordinary, even though we ran that many trail cams for a matter of a couple months. So that was kind of disappointing, but we did have some quality bucks on our camera. And wanted to get after him. So we got down there Thursday before opening day, which would have been September 30th last week, got our wall tent set up. We actually had three new bow hunters in camp three guys who have never killed a deer with their bow. Two of them just now, two of them have just now bow hunted the first time this season. So I was really happy to have them out in hunting camp and actually uh, getting out there and doing the thing. So We had six guys in camp. Uh, A few of those guys you've seen in probably on our YouTube channel, Jake Gaylord and Peyton Carroll last season or in in the quest series that we just put out. So had everybody in camp, six dudes went on opening morning and we kind of had took a, a split approach. We spent sent Hunter Williamson, Jake Schumann and Tom Parker out to the left side of the WMA. And there's actually a, uh, the road kind of splits. One goes left and one goes right. And, Takes you completely around to the different sides of WMA, so they went left to some spots that we had sent them off to, and me and Jake and Jake Gillard and Peyton went off to the right with high hopes in opening morning. I'd actually hung a tree a tree stand previously uh, the last week of September, last weekend of September. Nope, I lied. It was actually two weekends. Two weekends previous to this weekend, so that way I would just have to take my climbing sticks, my camera arm, or my camera, and get set up instead of having to hang an actual hang on tree stand. And if you've ever hunted public land, you understand how sucky hanging a hang on is in the dark. Even with a lineman's belt that keeps you up against the tree, it really sucks to hang them in the dark because you're kind of hanging off with one arm, grabbing the stand. And cinching it to the tree, cinching it down, pulling up a ratchet strap, ratcheting it up, and as you can tell, if you're doing the climbing sticks as well, it's not very quiet. It's not super efficient. So I didn't want to do that. Long story. I say all that to say I didn't want to do that. I already had a tree stand hung. So got up in the tree, uh, did my opening interview video on my camera. Got everything set up. Got my GoPro in on the tree. My Camera arm, everything, bow arm, got the new Prime Nexus Four loaded up with a Easton Axis FMJ. I'm just, I'm just absolutely ready to rock. So I sit there, and it's a really wind. It's kind of a a, a wet weekend. Like there was a lot of rain in the forecast. It kind of chilled out, but the temperatures were down, like in the 60s. So I'm thinking there's, there's absolutely no way that we're not going to be seeing a ton of deer. And boy, was I wrong. So at about 750, I look up and I see a fawn starting to funnel down this hill because I'm hunting this this funnel that kind of comes in from three sides and walks down into a creek. And I see a fawn coming towards me. And I hit her with a rangefinder. She's like 95 yards. Kind of sits around, mills around in this oak flat, eats some acorns, and then decides that she's gonna start to come down towards my stand. I had actually shot a doe in this spot the year before and the doe took in the exact same path. So I'm like, okay, I've seen this before. And she comes down to about 85 yards and there's two more does following her. And I turned back to look at her from, because I was looking over my right shoulder and I wa- turned real slow and she was just eyeballing me. And I, I don't know how because she's, I ranged her and she's 84 yards at this point, but they blow, they get out of there. I'd actually heard some deer over to my left about an hour earlier, pretty, pretty much when it was dark blowing at something else. What's really weird about this place is there's so much tall grass and and bedding that these deer get walked up on by coyotes and coons and possums and all these things. And they just, they blow all the time. You're always hearing deer blow. And most of the time it's not even at you. I had a good wind that morning, so I knew it wasn't, I knew the, the first set of does was not blowing at me, but the other ones might've spotted me. But anyways, I, I sat up in that tree the rest of the morning. We actually sat till 11 that morning, which is way too long. And I did not see any more deer. So, But I saw three does the first morning, so I was pretty optimistic. Went back and ate, ate lunch and got back in the stand. Second evening, saw absolutely nothing. So that stinked. I, I thought, you know, my rule is, hey, if I sit somewhere three times in a row and I don't see anything, that I want to shoot. I just kind of keep moving. So I I actually hunted there that evening. Didn't see anything. Checked back with Jake and Peyton. Neither of them had seen a deer at this point. Uh, Checked in with Jake Schumann. No deer. He actually didn't see a single deer the entire weekend. Checked in with Hunter. Hunter has seen the same two does the morning and the evening. Decided not to shoot one, which I regretfully heard because... Sometimes killing could be contagious, so I just wanted somebody to get it started, have some fresh backstrap in the cast iron skillet at camp. But Hunter didn't oblige when the two does walked by him. Uh, Tom Parker had, I think he had seen had a doe blow at him that morning, that for opening morning, and nothing on the in the evening, or he'd seen a couple does in the evening. Uh, anywho, nope, I lied. Tom shot at a doe that evening. That that first evening, Tom shot at a doe. Uh, 22 yards, it ducked. I guess he just took some hair off the top of her back. So he had never killed a deer with his bow and got super jacked up. And I think a lot of, a lot of disappointment when uh, that deer ducked him. But, you know, that's kind of how it goes. You learn to aim low if you bow hunted long enough, especially when they're looking at you, man. When they're looking at you, they are primed and ready to duck. So that's what happened there. Uh, we go out the second morning. I'm like, you know what? Maybe the evening was just a fluke. Get up in the tree. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Get down at this point. I'm leaving that stand hung because I had just left it in there before. And, uh, I know that I'm going to hunt somewhere else that evening just because of the lack of movement in, in that spot. I actually got down and walked around a little bit, found 20 beds in a small area, three or four different rubs within 50 yards of my tree. So I'm like, man, I'm in the right area. Just not getting any movement from the deer. So that stunk, got down, check with Jake and Peyton. nothing. They are absolutely struggling, just like me. We're hunting probably, I don't know, half a mile apart. So I figured if, if deer are moving near me, they're probably moving near Jake and Peyton, but they didn't get, they didn't get any uh, movement at all. Checked back with Hunter. Hunter saw a couple does. I believe Tom saw a couple does. Jake Schumann, big goose egg again, just like us. So that was that. Went in, ate some lunch, Hunter cooked some breakfast tacos. Those were great. Uh, Only thing we forgot in camp was a trash can, so we had a disgusting trash pile piled up. Uh, You know, we'll learn as we go. But anyways, get out the second evening, and I moved to a spot more close to Jake and Peyton, but I figured since it was at this point getting a little warm, uh, we would you know, the deer would need some sort of water. So I got up, set up about 350 yards off the road behind a pond and another fat goose egg. So, but that time I actually had to hang a, hang on tree stand. When I got up in the, when I got up in the stand and finally got it hung, I was sweating like a greased pig. I had sweat running down my face. I was sticking to the inside of my shirt. And it was at that point that I realized, you know what? I'm going to, to use a saddle. I'm getting a saddle set up. I'm getting a podium. I'm getting a saddle. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's not the weight of the hang on tree stand carrying it in. It's actually the orientation. Like I carry a big backpack with four sticks and all my filming gear and all that stuff. So I really don't have the bandwidth to, to throw the shoulder straps over my backpack and it's not comfortable either. So I end up having to throw it over one of my shoulders which it digs in, it falls down. It's not comfortable. Then I got to carry my bow with my other hand. So I don't have a hand free to hold a hunt stand and be walking through the woods. So that's, that's kind of how that worked out. And actually Peyton's brother, Cooper Hill, allowed me to check out his saddle setup. His, he had a cruiser saddle and let me sit in it, you know, put the tether up and lean back. And man, I freaking love the saddle. I fell in love with one. I got home. Don't, don't tell my bought a saddle and a platform. So I'm now going to be a saddle hunter this next weekend. So it only took one weekend into the season for me to decide that. And a couple freaking hang on pack ins, hang on tree stand pack ins for me to decide I'm not doing this crap again. I should have got a saddle before the season started. I told myself last year I would, but now I'm going all in on it. And, uh, I am officially a saddle hunter. So, anyways, that that evening was a bust. But interestingly enough, I uh, got back to camp. Everybody else had sort of busted, besides Hunter. Hunter had set up on a big field, and we usually don't hunt fields there because they're not actually planted in anything. They're just native grasses that's kind of been mowed down as a way, just to have some sort of bio, biodiversity in the place. So Hunter actually hunted one of those. I thought he would have very little luck, but he told me that he had a doe come in within 12 yards of him. I couldn't get a shot based on kind of how he was oriented in the tree. But the, interestingly enough, he told me that he saw a buck about 300 yards across the field and got down to spot and stock it. And if you know anything about Hunter is it's that he has terrible eyesight. So, for him to be able to see a buck from 300 yards without pulling his binos up, he knew that it had a big rack. So he got down, actually stalked within 86 yards. He said, and had the buck, had the buck within 86 yards, and it stepped into the timber and uh, got away. So he said it was about a, it was a mainframe 10, 13 inches wide, and probably went 10 inch on the G2s, 8 inches five inches, and then the eye guards were about five inches. So what, what he's describing to me, oh, and the main beams out past the nose. So what he's describing to me is at least a you know, conservatively 130s, probably 140s and up type of buck, even though he's very uh, narrow. So, but he, I, I couldn't believe that he had got down and <laughs> spot and stalked that buck. I'd never heard of anybody doing that in that part of the, the state, but it, it was really cool. He got fairly close thankfully that grass was about waist high and allowed him to get pretty close but just not in time so he actually sat up on that buck the next morning and you know of course we didn't see anything the last morning tom parker went home that night october 2nd second day went home and we all hunted the rest of the morning on sunday and everyone drew a fat goose egg fat goose egg besides Jake Schumann, which I lied to you guys. I said he didn't see anything the whole weekend. He did not see a deer the whole weekend, but told me that he saw a cow elk. And I can't imagine turning around thinking you're about to see a doe and then you see a 300 pound cow elk, which was, which was really cool. It's cool to hunt in a place where you can see bear elk, Turkey, whitetail, coyote, anything like that in a singular place. It's such a neat spot to hunt in Southeast Oklahoma and there's a ton of public land. So, uh, fairly low pressure and a lot of resources available, but anywho, that was, uh, in short, our, uh, our weekend, we were out bow hunting on public land, you know, didn't get skunked, but a couple, actually three of us did get skunked, but I didn't get skunked. So I was happy about that. And, you know, it's just kind of a little, little deeper of a fire in me that you know it makes the it makes the highs that much higher when you're on these lows of you know spending 24 hours in the tree on a on a hot weekend opening weekend in October and seeing three deer. Uh, so I I love it, man. I'm really excited about the next next weekend. I'm already prepping for it. I'm already thinking about it. I'm ready to get my saddle and and get started hunting with it. So it's a, it's very exciting stuff. I've been seeing some, some big bucks going down on uh, Oklahoma big bucks page on Facebook. Check that out if you want to get some motivation, if you're not killing anything like us, but uh, we're kind of staying mad at them and getting really excited for this next weekend. And so that's going to close this episode. I guess that'd be episode number one of Hunt Talk. Uh, let me know if you guys want to hear more things like this or if it's something that you're completely not interested in. Just thought it'd be a cool way to communicate uh, to the Hunters Advantage listeners uh, about what's going on in our season without posting videos. This is so much easier to just record a podcast than it is to go in and download and proxy and edit and produce and distribute these videos. So This is something I'm going to keep up unless you guys don't enjoy it, which let me know, shoot me a message on Instagram at Christian Babcock or at hunters underscore advantage. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. But before I go make sure to go subscribe on the YouTube it's hunters advantage on YouTube. We have 2000 subs now and we're growing by a rate of about 40 or 50 a day. So we're really excited about that. That's where we're going to post all the video content we're capturing this fall And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast. We really appreciate it. And we really do do the podcast for you all. And just to stay in tune with that and what you guys want to hear, feel free to message us on Facebook or Instagram on who you would like to see on the podcast next.